Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Three Sports Rankers. Rob Schofield here as always, but I'm joined by two new members of the Rankers Guild today as we'll be doing a one-off pod on Manchester derbies. Now, seeing as Sam and Callum would be the first to admit that their loyalties lie elsewhere, I've got in contact with probably, and I don't think I'm over-egging this, the two most qualified people in the country to go head-to-head on a battle between red and blue. So from one socially acceptable distance, as is the way at the moment, uh, David Mooney from the Blue Moon podcast and the Athletics Manchester City podcast, Why Always Us. David, good to have you with us. Hello. I, I, who are these Who are these uh, experts you contacted? <laughs> Was I like fifth or sixth on the list or what? I think, I think I'm on the wrong Zoom call here. Um, <laughs> sorry about this. And that's Jay just speaking there. Jay from full-time Devils Podcast. Now, both of you, I'm sure, will agree, having to be a little bit inventive in what you're talking about at the moment, but granted, this is very, very unlikely that someone has stumbled across this podcast knowing what Three Sports Rankers is and doesn't know what the two of you do. Um, But you've been kind enough to offer your time, so I want to, first of all, give you both an opportunity just to kind of tell us a bit about what you do and what you've been doing for a while now, I know. So, Jay, maybe we'll start off with you. Full-time Devils is an incredibly organic product, isn't it? Tell us a little bit about maybe how it all came about and what you, what it is you're doing now. Yeah, well, like you say, it's organic, it's evolved. It started about eight years ago. Um, someone at a media company, United Fans, said, you know, there isn't a United Fan channel on, on YouTube that's just purely about the fans. Um, so he, he went about starting one. And since then, it's it's sort of grown and gone from strength to strength. And, you know, we do stuff outside of games. We, we do the podcast, obviously. We do interviews. We've been fortunate enough to interview some some players and ex-players but it's mainly about the fans you know it's anyone can get on there we, we invite anyone to to come and have a chat with us to send us their videos and, and many people do so it's just a good platform really for for Reds to to share their views on on Manchester United and obviously there's been lots of soccer we started we started at the wrong time really it's, I mean it's the way the world with YouTube we couldn't have started it much earlier but we sort of started it as, as Sir Alex was retiring and then the last seven years have been eventful. It's not all been doom and gloom, obviously. We've had some high points. But yeah, there's been loads to talk about and we, we just sort of keep going and encouraging more people to get involved, really. You know, it's not my channel or anyone else's. It's, I don't want it to sound corny, but it is. It's just about fans getting involved and, and that's what we do. We just encourage people and, and United fans to have their say. David, on the flip side, you've had a good run in the last few years. <laughs> it's it's funny. I was listening to, to Jay there talking about um, things not be, not being great for United recently. And I thought, you know what? He's right. They haven't been great for United and it's been really good. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the weird thing we found, and I, I don't know, Jay, you might have found this if you'd started a bit uh, started a bit earlier, is that when, when your team wins every week and keeps winning every week, there's not actually a lot to say. They, just, oh, yeah, well, they've won again sort of thing. It's just, yeah, all right, let's 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 move on. But actually, Jay's had a lot to talk about recently. So uh... Yeah, yeah, I can't really argue that. I mean, to be fair, I mean, there'll, there'll be sort of, if you do get any non-United fans or non-City fans, or even United City fans will look at and go, well, you know what, all right, you're moaning, but it's not been all like that bad. I mean, compared to what it was yeah. under Fergie, but we've still had, you know, the, the night in Stockholm. We've won an FA Cup. We've had some highs. We've had little small victories in a, a couple of derbies recently. We had that wonderful run when Oli took over. But compared to what it was under Sir Alex, no, it's it's nothing like that. And hopefully we'll get back to those days, but it's going to be very difficult. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm already getting a, a little bit of a feel as to the way this podcast is going to play out. <laughs> I, I should just mention that before we get properly started, if you haven't listened to Three Sports Rankers before, which some of you may well not have if, you, if you're joining us um, from Full Time Devils or, or, for, or from David's podcast as well, this is how it works. So every week we have a topic and two of the three of us uh, will put forward their top threes, as it were of that chosen topic and rank them bronze, silver and gold. So each bronze goes up against each other. Same for silver and gold. And the hosts, which is me, and for no doubt for a contentious podcast like this, which is going to be highly debatable, I'm going to be switching my Twitter notifications off when this podcast goes live. (laughs) Um, But I will be essentially deciding on the ultimate Manchester derby podium so points are awarded for uh, each spot you win so one for bronze two for silver three for gold and well the idea is we'll have an ultimate podium and we'll also have an episode winner as well so will that make sense boys 
Makes yep. perfect sense. Crystal, crystal clear. Good stuff. Right, let's get started then. Um, David, I'm going to give you autonomy for bronze <laughs> to start with. Uh, what is your third best Manchester derby in history from your point of view? This was, like, can I just say to start with, this was a really, really difficult topic because there's so many Manchester derbies that mean something for, for me and for, for a lot of City fans. Um, and I never thought, when this one happened, I never thought that this would be the third place in the rankings of um, of, of Manchester derbies. Um, I'm taking us back to November 2002. It's uh, City's uh, last Manchester derby at Main Road. They ran out 3-1 winners. United were... I mean, I'm going to I'm going to be nice to United. They were they were they were fairly good around that time. I don't know if I don't know if anybody's ever mentioned it that, that United were doing all right around that that time, but they were doing all right. And City were uh, newly promoted that year. Uh, they'd come up from the, what is now the Championship, what was then the First Division uh, under Kevin Keegan, playing some great swashbuckling football. Um, they'd come a little bit unstuck in the start of that Premier League season. And they ran into into United in at the start of November. It was a time when um, it wasn't really sure where how City season was going to go. United were obviously in the hunt for the title as they pretty much always were at that stage. Um, and in the week before, City played Wigan in the uh, League Cup second or third round, whatever, on a, on a Tuesday night. And uh, Sylvan Distan, the main defender of the season, limped out with a with an injury. And then about 20 minutes later, Steve Howey, the, the other defender of the, of the team, limped out. And so City went into this final ever Manchester derby at Main Road with Gerard Vikins and Lucien Matomo in, as centre-backs, who had never played together before, uh, barely played under Keegan at all. I think Gerard Vikins, that was his only game of the, of the season. And... We were all expecting to go into this game and United to just just run riot. And, you know, ten, five, five minutes in or so, Nicholas Anelka opens the score in 1-0. Fantastic. A minute later, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's equalised 1-1. And you think, ah, oh, this is it. You know, you've had your moment. This is it. It's all falling apart now. What then happens is possibly the most... I, I don't want to say... I, I don't want to over-egg this pudding what, what, in, in any way, shape or form, but Gary Neville in the in the build-up to this game had been talking about how think, how he couldn't ever imagine a situation where City would, uh, would, would dominate a derby or the derby is the one where you want to show up and perform. And so he hands the ball to Sean Gotter and lets him just pop it around Fabian Barthez for 2-1. And then the third goal in the second half, Gotter's 100th goal for, for, for City was this beautiful little bit of interplay that finished with a, a nicely weighted Eilberkovic pass. And he's, you know, it, Sean Goater, a, a striker who's known for knees and shins rather than nice finishes, uh, through one-on-one with Fabian Bartes, just thinks, now nah, pop it over his head, and just dinks it over the top of him into, into the net. City hadn't won a derby in 13 years. They were, you know, vast underdogs for this game. It was the last one at Main Road. You try not to embarrass yourselves, and you run out with a, a <laughs> wonderful 3-1 win. David, I love the last line there because that's kind of where City were at that time, wasn't it? <laughs> Trying not to embarrass yourselves. I've um, spent years doing it. It's so easy to do it. <laughs> Jay, I don't think Gary Neville's ever been as popular at Main Road as he was that that day. No, it what was. Are your memories of that one. My memories. Um, and forgive me, if I'm wrong. This is the Schmeichel cartwheeling game. If I'm, if I'm, if memory serves, is this? The I, game I don't think he was agile enough to do cartwheels <laughs> back then. This is he was what 39. Men- Many United fans sort of hold this against him, the fact that he was celebrating so sort of kinetically and so animatedly <laughs> about the fact that he beat us. I mean, I get it, you go to City, other players have done it, you know, Andy Cole did it, for example. There's, it's not the end of the world if you go to the rivals, but the way he celebrated sort of tainted his legacy in a lot of United fans and bitter United fans like me, who, <laughs> <laughs> who hold on to these things forever. Um, yeah, it was, it was. It was horrible. It was a good chance to sort of put them in their place and, and sort of leave main road on a high. And it was just an awful game from a United point of view, as, as Dave said, you know, we had that little glimmer with, with Ollie, but it wasn't a great performance by Manchester United city. You know, there was mistakes there. You mentioned Gary Neville just making a right pig's ear of it. Um, and there was a few more poor performances throughout the team, to be honest with you. I'd, I'd never seen a city side at this stage, go into a game with United and be better than them. I'd never seen it. And then no. just this game, it happened. I mean, I'm a little bit older than you. I'm thinking this is sort of, you know, you mentioned there, was it 13 years or 13 games, whatever it was, sorry. Yeah, um, I was, I, in 1989, I was uh, 
well, just under two, so right. I don't really. Well, yeah, I, I, never, I, I didn't I, see the game. One of my first derby memories is the the five one, obviously. Um, but since then, up until the game you're mentioning, by and large, United have had it pretty much our own way. I mean, City have been a bit yo-yo, been up and down, as you know. They haven't always been in the same division of us as us. We'd had, you know, quite a lot of, of relatively easy derby wins, if I'm being honest. So yeah, there was a bit of swag and confidence, and maybe a little bit of arrogance which United had in those times but you got to remember you know, United had not long before won three on the spin we'd done the treble in 99 obviously so we were feeling pretty confident that City had you know hadn't long been promoted and then going into it you just you, you think City were the dominant team and the ones that were winning titles because it was, wasn't a great performance by United at all and give City credit I'm not going to take anything away from them he played really well and you know the sight of Sean Goat scoring that goal and feed the goat and he was scoring all that nonsense just did my head in for about a decade <laughs> Don't forget the Magnanimous team. Yeah, as well. yeah, sorry, how could I forget that as well, honestly? I've got a soft spot for Sean Gold. I shouldn't say this, but I have. I think he's a nice guy. And he, I've seen him do a few media things. He comes across really sort of well. I hated him. I hated him that day. <laughs> I'd have to agree with you there. Jay, I'm going to just go out on a whim and say that this 2002 Main Road derby is not going to make it onto your list. So what's going up against this one for bronze then, Jay? Yeah, I'm going to go back um, quite a little further. Um, so guessing from what you've just said then, Dave, I'm guessing you probably would have been about five at this time. Um, I'm going to go back to, funnily enough, Main Road in 1993, November 1993. This was weird because this was at a time when United had began to get, dominance probably a bit extreme because we'd only won, I think, one title at the time, but we began to sort of become the dominant force in Manchester, certainly. We'd, we'd, we'd won a title, we'd been winning trophies, and City had began to sort of fall away a little bit because, you know, when I was younger, City and United were relatively evenly matched and then this was sort of one of those games where it, it sort of underlined the fact that we weren't evenly matched anymore and not just that City were in real trouble City was sort of heading towards fighting a relegation battle and this was the 3-2 the at Main Road to United and what made this game so memorable as well wasn't the fact that we beat City 3-2 it's the fact that City went 2-0 up at half time City were winning 2-0 Niall Quinn two goals um, I think it's yeah pretty poor defending to be honest but you got two goals going in at half time City 2-0 up you're thinking Oh, it's going to be one of those days. Really frustrating, but a different United team came out in the second half. Eric Cantona gets a brace, and then with five minutes to go, Roy Keane at the far post, um, I think it's sort of like a, he slides in and gets gets the winner, and it was just, I was only 13 at the time, but it was fantastic. It was like one of those feelings where you go from all those emotions from being angry, deflated, to sort of despair, to hope. You get a bit of hope, we get a goal sort of early in the second half, you think this this could be on get the equaliser with 15 minutes to go and you think, you know what, we could actually win this. And we did and we won it. And one thing I always think with these games, when I'm picking games like this or, you know, your, your favourite games, I always think, what does it mean? What like you, There's several reasons you look at a game you think, like, for example, I'll, I'll give the game away. I've not picked the 4-3, which a lot of United fans would, but for me, there's several reasons. One, we didn't win the league that season. So in terms of the points it got us, it, it, it didn't lead to a trophy. Two, it wasn't a great game in terms of United. I think we, we made it easy for City to get back into it, some defensive mistakes. And three, I don't like Michael Owen. So you have put all those things together <laughs> and, um, and and it sort of takes it a little bit. Yes, it's a great game. I'm not disputing that. But for me, games mean more if they've led to something. And that game was part of a, a season where we won the double for the first time. You know, we, we sort of went from just a title winning side to retaining a title to being mm. a side that, that perhaps as a United fan, we were hoping, could go on to dominate. And that's what we did. And that was a, a real sort of, it was almost like a turning point in the, the, the derbies for a period where you began to think, OK, not only are we not evenly matched, there's one team here that are going to go on and, and, and maybe Jay. do something special and another team that are going to struggle to stay in the Premier League, which is what happened. Do you think, because I know a lot of people consider that incarnation of the team, that kind of 93-94 as the real start of the, the glory years, but also as one of the best squads Alex Ferguson ever assembled. It's my favourite. It's one of my favourite teams, not my favourite team. I'm not saying it's the best because people go, well, you know, how can you say that yeah. Paul Lynch is better than Skulls or whatever? But it's one of my favourite teams um, just because it almost never changed week in, week out. We, we you know, we went to the, the League Cup final. We, we won the double. So until City did the domestic treble, no one had come closer than us. Um, in Europe, we were hampered by the free foreigner rule. The style of football, two wingers, counter-attacking. And a lot of those games in those days, we weren't dominant in a lot of those games in terms of it would be 5-6-0. A lot of those games were 3-2, 3-1, like the, the one at Main Road. They were end-to-end, -end, but we'd win. We'd find a way to win and it'd be exciting. And as a kid, you know, I was 13 at the time. I'd started going to the games without my dad. So 
it was like, you know, I was going with my mates. They were still standing. We were in the, in the scoreboard paddock, the last bit of standing at Old Trafford. So it was a really great time to be a United fan and, and be a kid and a youngster watching all this fantastic football. These players like Eric Cantona, Kinchelski, some of these exciting players and, and winning trophies as well. Yeah, it's, it'll always have a, a special place for me. That It was just a lot of sort of innocence about it, you know, before you get all mm. jaded and cynical. No, I just want to pick up yeah, on something yeah. Grace said, because I'm, I'm fascinated by um, how things went for City and United in the early 90s, because I think it was 91, 92, the year before the Premier League started, City finished above United. And, no, 1991. Uh, was it 90, yeah. 1991? Yeah, we lost to Leeds that season, you mentioned, yeah. yeah. But you're right, you did, you finished fourth, so, we finished fifth or something. Yeah, the, the, two, the two sides were very, very much in a very similar position, and mm. what United did was invest really well. They brought in, the, you know, they for the time they spent a fair bit of money that City had the opportunity to spend and instead just just kind of churned it and churned it and churned it in a way that just didn't work for them and you look at I mean you go back to the the sacking of Peter Reid that would that all came about you know through um the appointment of John Maddock above him who like there was a lot of talk about not getting the players that Reid wanted to to kind of build on his squad they bring in Brian Horton who in fairness you know they give him some money to spend but again they didn't strengthen in the areas that they needed to strengthen in, and they're just slipping further and further down the Premier League. While United went on to win the, that first Premier League at exactly the right time, because not only, I mean, we talk about the class of '92 and you know the, the, the players that came through the youth setup. You can't knock that. There was a, it was a great youth setup that that came through, but it was it was supplemented by the right signings as well. And City just got all of that off the pitch stuff wrong. And, you know, it's, just you know, five, six years later, look at the difference between the two sides compared to where, mm. where they've been at the start of the 90s. People it's a fascinating that. period and a, yeah. and a much forgotten one, isn't it, Jay? Because there's a feeling that, you know, like what David just said there, as clubs, you were very, very comparable at that moment in time. But key decision making led to legacies which have, you know, essentially defined both clubs up until very, very recently. I mean, I think the manager thing was big. You know, I mean, you mentioned the 5-1. I think Mel Machin was the manager then. Yeah, so yeah. Back not, not long after that, which is bonkers. You know, Fergie, the Niles are out for him, but we won the FA Cup, bought him time. Howard Kendall, I think he, he came in and then went to Everton. He, 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 yeah, he, City was always kind yeah. of... I think, I think he, he described been, it as a love affair, yeah. Yeah, he say that Everton's my wife, City's my mistress yeah. sort of thing or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Was that fair. And then obviously Peter Reid. And then Brian Horton, who was obviously always a stopgap manager. So you're going through all these changes uh, whilst United is stuck with Fergie. He's bought himself time with the trophies he's won. You're beginning to buy into what he's trying to do. And I remember, you know, people forget this. It's good you remember it, Dave, because you talk about City. City did spend some money. I remember you spending money on Keith Curl, Terry Feeling. Yeah, the, City, City were City were happy to break the transfer yeah. record. They brought they broke the transfer record on Keith Curl, and it was the first time they'd done that since the seventies. They did. They spent a couple of million on a couple of good players, and they they were good players. They they brought in some good players at that time, and it always felt like they just needed to get one or two more in the right places that they never did, and then with uh, when. Horton couldn't really get them going with any consistency. It was great attacking football, but they were they were woefully woeful defensively. Um, and then Alan Ball was a disaster, and that was that that was what killed it. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree. Because so, people forget about the the sort of a the closeness of it and see the excitement around that time and the Premier League era. Just the fact that it was all new, it was it was exciting. Mm. And you know, I remember I was talking about this the other day. You know, it made front page news when Chelsea put a team of foreigners out. It was that sort of thing. It was like, what's going on? Because you weren't used to seeing all these foreign players to that extent, you know, and then you were getting a sort of five or six foreign players in a game and it was like, wow. So, it was, yeah, it was it was all exciting. There was more games on the telly. Sky, of course, used to televise a lot of games where in the past you'd, you'd watch match of the day and that'd be it. So, yeah, it was, it was a real sort of interesting era. And, well, as well, you could get away with a lot of things back in those days, tackles and challenges that you just wouldn't, you'd, you'd get back alive <laughs> now, seriously. Look at you two harking back to the 90s. Everything was better in the 90s, eh? It really wasn't. It wasn't at all. <laughs> <laughs> certainly was. <laughs> right. Those days. Let's move on to Silvers then. I think that's two very interesting picks. And, and this will probably be a thread throughout is these are the games which mean the most to you two as individuals. And I think that's what's great about what we're doing here. So, David, let's move on to Silver then. What pips that Main Road 2002 game for you? Uh, this is the moment I think that like, I, I don't think it's it's particularly possible to to put an exact time on when the tide started to turn in Manchester, but this was the moment when I think uh, there I think a lot of United fans started to worry about what City were going to do, and a lot of City fans started to get excited about what they could do, uh, and that's the FA Cup semi final in 2011. Um, City went into this game 
without Carlos Tevez, who was pretty much the star player of that team. They had David Silva, who was who was still just finding his feet as his first season in, in England. Uh, and he was uh, he was finding his feet. But City went into it without Tevez. United went into it without Rooney. And it was very much a question of which of these two teams is able to cope without their star striker the best. A lot of City fans at the time were thinking, well... It's probably United because they've got the the team that is that that can back all this up. And City, we're still we're still in the process of building this team. Um, it, it it was the third derby of the season. City had drawn one and lost one at, at that stage as well. And you know, going to it, it felt like this this big kind of I, I hate to I hate to bring up the kind of Star Wars analogy, but it felt like this empire of Manchester United were were standing in the way of everything that City wanted to do. You know, they 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 were there blocking the way to the trophy that that City hadn't won in thirty odd years. The year before, they'd knocked City out of the uh, the League Cup semi finals, and they got to this FA Cup semi final, and United's name came out of the bag again, and we all went, "Oh, God, can't somebody else just knock them out so that we can have a run at this trophy?" It became a case of well, if you you know if if you're going to have to do it, you're going to have to do it yourselves. And City went to this game. They spent the first ten minutes looking a bit nervy, and as soon as I think Berbatov missed a chance really early on, or Joe Hart made a great save from it, and and then Berbatov put the put the rebound wide. As soon as that happened, City found the feet and were just in control of that game. They were they were they kept United at arm's length. They created the better and more chances than United did. And they just slowly built and built and built until the pressure was too much for United. They made a mistake and and, and City went on to score. And what that game signified was the beginning of City's mental change, the ability that that, that City were were no longer happy to be there and just just have their name mentioned. They were competing with United and they could beat United when on, on the big occasion when it was necessary. They obviously went on to to win the cup that year against against Stoke in the uh, in the final as well. It's Interesting you said right right at the start there, that real turning point, because my dad's a Manchester City fan and my affiliations go no further than, than that. But <laughs> I remember sitting down and watching this game with him and I got the feeling for the first time, really. And, you know, there had been glimmers of a City, you know, growth and we all were all aware of the investment and things like that. But I think it was that getting to the FA Cup final for the first time in 30 years, like you said, doing it on the big stage. Did feel, and he turned around to me. and said, "There'll be many more of these moments now." Yeah, and it felt it felt very much like that. There was, I mean, again, this is this is going to sound ridiculous, but I I was in New York when this game happened um, because what a we, drop we, that is. Yeah, I, I, well, we it, it was it was a family holiday. Like we'd been saving up to go, and my Less mom had just said. Yeah, my my mum had just said, you know what? It's cheap. I'm off work at that stage. It's it, it's you know we can afford to go at this stage. Let's go. The the program said it was uh, Tottenham at home. Of course, City never beat Tottenham at home or FA Cup semi final. Well, of course, City are never in the FA Cup semi final, so it, it doesn't matter that weekend. We go away for that weekend. And here I was at seven o'clock in the morning in a bar in Manhattan, trying to <laughs> trying to convince the barman that he needs to put this game on and <laughs> and and not uh, uh, and uh, yeah, it was just it was great it, it, great fun having that happen in the morning because the rest of the day was then just taken care of. <laughs> Elation. Jay, what, what I wish you... I was in bloody New York. I was at Wembley. <laughs> 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 and it was horrible. I agree, I actually agree with David what you're saying about this. The worry from, from it was the other way around for me, obviously. I, I was really worried when City won this game. I thought, because you've been there and there is about, so I'm going to touch on one of the, the, these games early, later on as well. Where you'd had we'd had a couple of close derbies, you got to the semis. You mentioned the League Cup in the league, you started doing bits as well. Where it was like, you know what, maybe these noisy neighbours. It, it was interesting because every, every derby the year before that City lost, and uh, they, they they played three uh, four derbies the year before. Uh, City lost three of them. They were all lost in the last minute. Yeah, every single exactly. one of them, and it just showed how City crumbled at the wrong time that year. The year later, they had the mental strength to do it. And I remember, you know, Rooney got he got suspended for swearing at Upton Park when he scored, which is just ridiculous. And and I'm I'm in the minority United fans. I was angry with him for doing it. Everyone was thought it's a witch hunt. It's unfair. But I thought why give him the opportunity to do that swearing into the camera? You're just giving the FA a stick with which to beat her. So he got suspended. Then Severs, you say, got injured. So people thought, oh, that might even it out a little bit. But United didn't really turn up. If I'm being honest, we didn't. Um, I think the scores got sent off as well, didn't they? Later on. Yeah, it was he, he, it's just goals. just frustrations. Yeah, he, I think he, he went came straight on through Abaletta. Sent off, and he, he he knew he got sent off because he apologised as Abaletta and shook his hand before he trudged off. I don't even think he waited for the card. And what made it worse for me personally for this game, I was working for local radio for Q and O three, 
And I had a ticket in the city end, which I swapped for United end. So I thought I'd get my head kicked in when I'm, I thought I'd be cheering United goals. Um, so after the game, I had to interview fans. Um, I had to interview City fans. And because I've, you know, you may have picked up, I've got a slight Manchester accent. They just <laughs> assumed I was a City fan. So we're all like <laughs> hugging me and kissing me going, it's great, isn't it? We beat the, them red, you know what? Uh, isn't it great, mate? And I'm like, not really, no. I'm, not. <laughs> I'm, temp- I'm tempted to give David the points just for that anecdote. It's brilliant. Oh, honestly, it's horrible. And, the, and what made it, the, the whole day was horrible as well, because on the way to the ground, I went on a, a coach, a United coach, and what we'd done is we had a City reporter on a City coach, and I had to get on the mic on the coach and ask people to sing whilst I recorded them for the radio at like six o'clock in the morning. A coach for the United fans are like, mate, sit down. Sure. There's absolutely, and even if they'd done, there's absolutely no way any of it would be usable, surely. It was. This is a, I had one song. I think we sang Bouncing Busby Babes or something, or, you know, K Sarah or something really proper beige just to have something. But yeah, it was a, it was an awful day. And the, my, my worst fears sort of were, were realised in a, a sense, not that United were done or any of that nonsense, but that City were a force to be reckoned with now. Mm. We had to sort of realise that they weren't going to go away. They were, they were serious. And what worried me about that team, you know, you mentioned Silver. One or two other players, I think Sore as well. They weren't an old team; they were young players yeah. who yeah. could kick off. It was it was the time as well where Silver and Torre were really starting to to, yeah. to kind of get to grips with the Premier League and what 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 England needed. I mean, I remember when David Silver first arrived. The, the conversation was, well, he's small and he, you know, he's not very quick. He'll get kicked everywhere. And then when you watch him play, not only does he evade the kick, and he does the kick in himself. Yeah. It's just like, so it's, you know. It's, it's, it is, um, it's incredible the longevity of that team, actually, when you look at it. But, you know, Hart, Company, Zabaleta, Kolarov, Lescott, Johnson, let's not go there, Barry, Silver, De Jong, <laughs> Torre, Balotelli. You know, and even the bench, oh, you've got Jekko there on the bench. Just mentioning that man's name makes me angry. <laughs> Milner's there. Similar to what we touched on before, a little bit of a beginning of what was to come. So, Jay, you're going to have to come up with something good because I must say I've got a little personal memory of watching that one with my dad and being very happy for him. So, come on then. (laughs) Hopefully this sort of... It fits into this narrative, actually, of of City becoming becoming a a force to be reckoned with and United, on the whole, despite losing that semi-final, still being the sort of the the top dogs in Manchester, if you will. And my my game for my uh, second choice would be the two one at Old Trafford, famous for, of course, Rooney's overhead kick. And before you say it, I don't care if it's his shin, it was still an amazing goal. Deflected um, cross as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll take it anyway. It came. Um, and I think the when they do these compilation videos, it should be up there with like the top ten flukes. You know. You know? <laughs> It's a, it's an amazing goal. It's not the best I've ever seen. I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, that was one of those games. I remember again. Sorry, I don't mean to keep banging on about it, but I was reporting before the game, and this was the first game where the sort of biggest derby of all time was being used, and it had a bit of merit to it because at the time City, I think, were third, but they were only a couple of points behind United. And had City won at Old Trafford that day, I think we would have almost been neck and neck. I think there would have been like two points. I think, in yeah. It. I, I don't think City were never really in the title race. I think no. City had played two games more at that stage yeah, as well, or something like that. Game. But it, yeah, it would have it would have it would have been made it interesting anyway, and there would yeah, have been a shout. Yeah. Well, you know, we've won at Old Trafford. We're two points behind him. All right, they've got a game now. But you know, we're in with a shout here. Yeah. Um, so it was an important game for United because I think had we lost that game again, like I've said, City could have maybe kicked on and done something in the league that season, and also just to sort of reassert our dominance because City had began to put runs together. They were up in the top three. They were having cup runs. They had the players that. Had been so a couple of players that have been linked with United have gone to City. You talk about Silver, been linked and, and, and Torre. Who I love Yaya Torre. I was gutted when he went to City because I thought I knew him from Barcelona. Obviously, when they beat us in the final, what a good player he was. I think he played in defence in that game as well. So, yeah, the game itself, I wouldn't say it was a classic game, but it was a good game. We got the goal, I think it was Nani, end of this first half. David Silva was beginning, as you as you mentioned, Dave, to sort of show what he was capable of. He gets an equaliser. You know, there's a couple of chances in it before Rooney pops up with that with that goal that just sent everyone berserk. You know, in the sort of context of it, we went on to, we kicked on that season, or sorry, we went on that season to, to win the league. That was obviously a big part of that result mattered, the, the sort of the emotions of it all as well. Um, and it's sort of, you know, when you look back at it, as, as derbies go and, and goals go, that's one of the seminal derby goals, regardless of whether you I think the fluke or not, everyone looks back at that goal. And you mentioned the Manchester derby, especially if you talk about Old Trafford, everyone remembers Rooney's goal and even his celebration, you know, it's iconic. Um, and it's I do think great, it's it's interesting feeling. what that goal, the effect that that goal had on both City and United, though, because I think 
uh, from that point on, City went. Listen, we need to like we need we need to up our game here, and we need to we we need to make sure that we are you know we play to the best of our ability. We'll get onto it later. Yeah, Fergie went again. You know, this wasn't the last time Fergie won the title. City obviously made him up his game. There's no doubt in 2012 we had to do something when we bought Van Persie. That was basically because of what City had done and the fact they'd won the title off the, the season before. But no, for that game, I think that that sort of it was an important moment because. Had we not won that game, we could be sat here now with 19 titles rather than 20. And also the emotions of the game, the game itself, there was some good goals in that game. It was a little bit end-to-end. City did turn up, to be fair. It wasn't just all United, as the scoreline shows. you know. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a good derby, good game in itself. And an important win for Manchester United, topped off with that, with that goal as well, which, you know, as I've said before, was one for the ages. When it comes to that goal, and obviously it's, t- it's disputed greatly in this city... <laughs> um, in my opinion, you've got to get the credit for even going for it. Seventy-eight yeah, minutes. I, I am. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I'm being a bit. No. I'm being a, yeah. a, a bit facetious also, with it. It's, it was a great goal, but it, if, yeah. if you think about the context, I mean, that, that was only his sixth goal. I think of he was having a pretty poor yeah. season to go for that in that context when all the talk is about is Rooney done? Is it time for the next striker at Manchester United? I guess it just go, kind of personifies him as a player and as a person. Well, you know, the, the sort of big talking point, I think, was Berbatov was on the bench for mm. that game, um, which um, Berbatov was our top scorer. I think that season he finished as joint Premier League top scorer, if memory serves. And yet Fergie um, dropped him. Company had done a really good job on, on um, Rooney that day. Rooney wasn't getting a lot of joy, but then he, he, he comes up with that one the feeling was just great because it was one of those games where it could have gone either way as well and we needed that and I think Rooney needed that as well because I think this was around the time when not everyone was enamoured of Wayne Rooney. Um, I, I, I often wonder if, if he hadn't scored that goal, if that had hit his, hit his shin and flown over the bar or it, you know, he'd missed it completely, whatever, and City had drawn that game one all with United that day. Um, I wonder if, one, if City reacts in the FA Cup final, in the FA Cup semi-final like they do, and two, if actually United addressed the problems that they had at that stage, rather than just kind of kind of assuming that things were still going the way that they should do, I don't know. There was a, it wasn't just that though. You got to remember that we had a great run in the Champions League that season and got to the final of the Champions League. And I think one or two things may have papered over the cracks a little bit long term. We had a really easy run to the Champions League final, and it wasn't until you know we got um, our backsides handed to us by Barcelona at Wembley that you're like, there's still a lot of work to be done. And I think it was around this time as well that Fergie was looking towards the exit, looking knowing knowing that he didn't have loads of years left at United. So it wasn't a great vintage side. And there was sort of, you know, you mentioned Rooney there wasn't having a great season. Other teams around us weren't really having a great season. You know, it was like Arsenal sort of were there, thereabouts. Chelsea had fallen by the wayside. So it wasn't a vintage year. I'm not saying we got away with it in a way, but we did what we needed to do. And I think that was what United were always capable of especially under Sir Alex Ferguson, was when we needed to get a win. Nine times out of ten, we could get one. And we did it that we won the league that season by doing that. It was always going to feature on the list. Uh, David, I've got a feeling your gold was always going to feature on the list as well. Uh, take it away. Is, which uh, game is this, Dave? Is this going to be the, uh, the, 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 the 2-1 in 2013 when you beat us at Old Trafford? Uh, uh, that, uh, that, one, that was close, along with the 3-0 at Old Trafford. That was, that was close as well. Um, yeah. Uh, in fact, that, there's been a lot of lot of goal, lot of games at Old Trafford David recently that have been close. Gold um, special that one. Uh, but I mean, when you win the title on goal difference and you beat the team that is chasing you six one on their own ground, uh, and you just kind of wonder maybe if you defended a little bit in that game, you might have had a bit more of a shout on the final day of the season. Then uh, you, you have to pick that one as your gold standard Manchester derby, really, don't you? Um, because. I, I don't think I've ever seen a player score a goal as Edin Dzeko did for number six and run off towards the away fans and lose count of how many that uh, that the team had scored in the game. There was so much around this game. Uh, obviously, we're, we're talking October 2011. City had, uh, were FA Cup winners. Uh, they went into this game as uh, Premier League leaders against United, who were the champions. I think United uh, maybe two points behind at that stage. Um, I, I'm a bit sketchy about the about the details there. But either way, it was it, it was a battle for for kind of dominance of the league and of Manchester at that stage. Um, United started off the better team. United were were you know much in control of it to the point where City's opening goal from Balotelli was was against the run of play. Uh, but as soon as they scored, City were City just went oh yeah we we are allowed to play in this game. 
and just took complete control of it. And then, you know, after after half-time, half-time at 1-0, you don't see it finishing 6-1 to the away side. Um, I, 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 a fair point to Jay as well. I mean, three of City's goals were in were in second-half stoppage time. Um, but, I mean, equally, that's not City's fault. So, <laughs> you know, you can't blame City for scoring the goals if the opportunities present themselves, can you? Um, Jay, with this game, again, I remember watching it with my dad and, in a way, my my thought about this is is it's almost impressive. And I'm not trying to downplay this at all, David, at all. But it is impressive that United did come back from this because this was uncharted territory. Yeah, I mean, no, no one saw anything like this coming. I don't even think City fans would have seen anything like this coming. Um, no, City fans were expecting a really tight game and you yeah. know, win the derby if you can. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it was like you say, it was just really weird. And there's, there's several points that sort of stick in my memory that game. Obviously, <laughs> Deco getting what was it? Did he get? I can't have lost count. That's how bad it is. Did he get three? Uh, he, he got he got two. Balotelli got two. Yeah. Aguero got one. Silva got one. That's what I mean. You know, it says it all when I don't even know how many scorers there were, or how many goals they got. But I remember um, Johnny Evans getting a red card. I don't. I'm not saying that's the reason we lost the game. Obviously, you know, but it was an important part. I mean, it was early in the second half. I think. And I remember Rio Fernand doing the worst header I think I've ever seen him do, just to put Johnny Evans right in trouble. It wasn't Johnny Evans' fault he got sent off. He gets sent off, he gets red-carded. And then, for me, one of the really frustrating things about this game, and, you know, when you, when I think about this game, I think about this one, and I think about the one that Yeti had that later on that season. Those two games cost us a title, without a doubt. I mean, if you're going to pick one, obviously the six one's the one where it all went wrong. But we had a chance at, at the Etihad as well to, to still win the title. Just don't get beat. Well, it, it was it was fascinating that day because um, I've I've never known Alex Ferguson go into a game like that not to win it, and he, he no. came to the Etihad to draw the game, and that was that that was that was it. He, he completely did. Um, I can't even argue with that. And what frustrated me was he got it the wrong way around, Fergie. When Johnny Evans got sent off, he sort of um, he he waited. He 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 didn't make any changes. I think, and then. I know, and it, it might sound a little daft now because Phil Jones is a figure of ridicule. But back in those days, he did a good job. You know, he won a title the next season. He was he was a, a decent defender for us, and he didn't bring him on until later on. He sort of still sort of tried to go for it, um, and he shouldn't have done. He should have just sort of maybe shut up shop a little bit, um, and no one could foresee that obviously City were going to go on to score six goals. But you know, ultimately, it did end up costing us a title. And then, as you mentioned. The annoying thing is, when we went to the Etihad at the end of the season, where we should have gone for it, I think if we'd have took the game to City, we'd have had a much better chance of getting something out of it. He didn't. He shut up shop. Um, and then, you know, we end up losing 1-0 to Vincent Cumberheader. I, I, uh, I think that, that derby at the Etihad, I've got a feeling that it was the first time under Ferguson that United had, had not had a shot on target in a Manchester derby. Yeah, I think, right. just, I think Joe Hart could have... Could, Joe, Joe Hart could have basically gone and had a cup of tea. I don't. He, he, he didn't touch the ball, I think, for about an hour. It was yeah. ridiculous. Um, we just didn't turn up at all. Fergie got it horribly wrong. But going back to the the six one, you know, I, I get it. I get it. It's a derby. It's a Manchester derby. And as a United fan, I want to see us going for it, even if without ten men. Do you know what I mean? But cooler heads have to prevail, and you have to be a bit more sort of logical about it. And we weren't. And it was just those last few minutes were just the worst three minutes in my life. They were horrible. <laughs> hey, honestly, I know that sounds melodramatic, but they were. It um, was. It was. It was. What was. What was funny as well. I mean, not not for Jay, but for, for on our side of the fence as well. Is that uh, it was the fourth goal was scored just as the board went up for stoppage time. City had a corner, and they only put three minutes on because it was kind of like one of those games. Oh, this game's done and dusted. Stick three minutes on, and that, that's it. And City still found time to score twice in that. It just like. And you look at you look at the goal difference ended up being what was it six goals or something? Yeah. So obviously, you know, we're a minus five for that game. You're plus five. So there's a ten goal difference because of that game. So it's a title. It's it's, it's completely that's seminal. the title right there. It's isn't it? the title. Yeah. I mean, no one really could foresee that. I don't think anyone. I didn't sit there thinking, well, that's the title on goal difference. Yeah. I still thought we can. All right, we, we United will come back. We'll, we we've still got a lot, a lot of football to play, and we, you know, we basically threw the title away. If we're being brutally honest. Um, but yeah, that was just. It was horrible and. And it's, right. even to this day, I still can't get my head around it. To be honest, it's still like, Jay, let, how did that just, I, I just want, to, I just want to mention as well, just before we, just before we finish, if you go back and, and watch the highlights of that game, um, Jay, please, anytime, as, as often, anytime, 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 what, I, I just keep your eye on David De Gea because after every goal goes in, he has a little tantrum. It's really funny. <laughs> he does. I don't know why I'm laughing because it's horrible, but you're right. He does, and it's just like, and the rest of the players look absolutely shell shocked, and it's and he just, just like, ah, oh, it's like a child. Yeah. Well, Jay, you've had to endure 
five minutes or so of talk of, of the six one. So come on then. It's only fair. Yeah, um, the, the the game I'm going to go for for my final one is the, uh, I think this is, the, the well, I know it's the season after at the Etihad, the 3-2, and it's pretty much on the back of, of what Dave just said on that season and those results, and the fact that United came into the, the, the following season desperate to get our title back. You know, City had won it, won it on goal difference. We bought in Van Persie. It was all about regaining our title and sort of putting City back in their place, and, and this game was seminal in doing that. And the weird thing about this game is United could have and should have gone 3-0 up in this game. Um, we, 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 we were sort of out of the blocks early. We got two goals in the first half out with Wayne Rooney. And Ash Young, um, I think he had a goal disallowed, which would have made it 3-0, which wasn't, it shouldn't have been disallowed. And then City came back with Torre, who, who always, well, nine times out of 100, or nine times out of 10, had a good game against United. He really did turn up a lot against United. Uh, Zabaleta as well gets a goal to bring it to 2 all. And you're just feeling deflated and you think, oh, God, it's going to be one of those days. We've thrown away a lead. City are going to get a bad. The City could get a winner here. You know, this was a game where if you win this, you fancy just for the title. Or you're thinking all those sort of dramatic things that you think during a derby, especially when you've thrown away a lead. And then we get a free kick, almost last kick in a game. And, and Van Persie steps up. And, OK, you know, Sami Nasri, which is quite ironic, really. <laughs> Sami Nasri gets that touch because he was a player that was linked United. Again, we went through this training. And he went to City and obviously helped help you win the title. He gets a little touch on it, which is just the touch it needs to send it past Joe Hart. And, and we win 3-2. And th- this was it. We were going to win the title. And, it, you know, it, it did. It, it opened up a big gap. And City never really got going that season in terms of, in terms of a title race. To the point where you beat us at Old Trafford later on that season. It almost didn't matter. The, the title was almost done. Yeah. I City, think we went... City, that, that season, City kept... Every time it looked like they were going to start to build up a bit of momentum, yeah. it wasn't even a defeat that they ran into. They ran into two draws on the bounce, and it just killed everything that they had. There was a, there was one in January against Queens Park Rangers. They drew, then drew against Liverpool at the Etihad, and it just every time they they got close, they gave United the opportunity to open the gap a little bit more, and then it it just kind of snowballed. Manchester City had done everything for the first time, and then here was another challenge: defend your title, and. My memory of that season is obviously Van Persie, iconic, 20 on the back, getting a title over the line for him. And it was proof that United still had that little bit of nous to do what needed to be done, whether that be in the transfer market or on the pitch, to get over the line. they did. I think in, in City's defence that year, uh, City were City were after um, the targets and for whatever reason they didn't land them. They didn't land Van Persie but purely on the basis that he wanted to play for United. That was it. Um, he wanted to play for Ferguson. Ferguson knew he knew. I suspect Ferguson knew he was going at the end of that season before that season kicked off if they won the league that year. I don't think he was ever going to leave if they didn't win the league that year. But when kind of Van Persie becomes available, he does everything he can to get him. And City just couldn't couldn't get that one over the line. And then, like when you look at, at City's business that summer, the first signing was the day of the Community Shield, and it was Jack Rodwell. And it just kind of like it, it's really underwhelming for for a title, the title holders to go into a season and not have strengthened and not have done what they need to do to to kind of get back to it. And you know, credit to United, they they saw what they needed and they went and got it, and it worked. Yeah, I mean, you look at the closeness of the the title race before, you, you know, that sort of underlines that. Whoever's going to strengthen is probably going to have the advantage. It wasn't like City had ran away with it. This wasn't 19 points clear or whatever, when, like it was under Jose. It had been, like we said earlier, goal difference. And Fergie, you know, he knew he needed to win that title. He knew he needed to do something to get it. He went hell for leather for Van Persie. Why Arsene Wenger sold him? I still don't get. I don't care. You're under contract. You're going nowhere. You're not going. Yeah. <laughs> right? You can go at the end of the season for free. You're not taking 27. You, you sold him 27 million quid. You basically gave your rivals a title for 27 million pounds. And this isn't like 1993. This is 2013. It's just ridiculous that 27 million quid was enough for you to go, okay, then let, let's do that. Um, Van Persie, you know, it was obviously a difference. And Fergie focused so much on the league. That was his thing that season. I, I remember in the FA Cup, we played Chelsea. And he was resting players, even though we had twelve point gap or whatever. He still wouldn't take that chance in the league. He plays full strength team in the league. He was determined to get. I think we went to Sunderland or Southampton somewhere like that, and he played a full strength team. Then we had Chelsea, and we were slightly weakened, and we got knocked out because he was that focused on getting the league title back. That was it. You know, buying Van Persie, playing his full strength team in the league games, and obviously the the win at the Etihad was massive psychologically. The belief and everything else. 
Van Persie obviously was just flying for United. And then later on, Van Persie had a little bit of a lull. I think he went 10 games without a goal. And Rooney stepped up. He sort of dovetailed nicely. So it worked out really well for us that season. Had we not won a title, I think you're right. I think Fergie probably would have stayed on. And physically and mentally, I think he needed to retire at that time. That was a big part of it, winning at the Etihad that season. I think that was what what sort of made us think, right, This is it's on title number 20. And to do it, to go out on 20 titles, it don't get much better than that. Right, guys. It's decision time. You're, you're honestly just just one 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 little thing, Rob. You're honestly uh, not going to put a game that was decided by a deflected, dodgy free kick ahead of the it, biggest ever Manchester Derby win. See, Dave, right? It comes across as reasonable, but you know it's fluky, <laughs> fluky shinnies, fluky shins, deflected free kicks. He can't help himself. Do you know? Hey, what hey you, you said it, not me. You said it, not me. He can't just say that's the best free uh, the best free kick I've ever seen at the Etihad. He has to throw in the, the, the deflected bit in. Right here we go then. <laughs> I should mention, as as little weight as it carries compared to the two of you, uh, my decisions are final on this, but you will have an opportunity <laughs> on one of these for one answer each to sway me because I've decided on two and I'm undecided Ooh. on the other. So bronze, bronze is going to Jay. This sounds because for, for I can't me, even remember what that game was. <laughs> Two reasons why, and and a lot of these are just going to come down to personal preference because they're all brilliant games, let's be honest here. For that, I think it's a team and an era that's easily forgotten. And as it just came in before the birth of the Premier League and was essentially the beginning of of such an iconic period of of glory years for the club, and I, I love a little bit of football nostalgia, and the reason it just pips it, David, unfortunately, although the main road aspect came you're, very you're, you're, telling, you're telling me football nostalgia. You're telling me that that the closing of a stadium is not is not nostalgic. <laughs> the reason being is I think people, when they think about what City are and what City have become, I don't think that time period and that little situation there is as impactful as what we see in '93. And potentially what we go on to see with with your silver choice there. I'm going to go straight to gold now <laughs> because David, you're taking gold. Unsurprisingly, I think that's that's yeah. I'm not. Do you know what? For once in my life, I've got now to say. I think the truth is, so rarely does a game truly not only live up to hype, but actually provide something that nobody saw coming. And I think that's what that game was all about and I think the fact that it was such a route it was comprehensive and it led to a crowning moment where and football fans love the ability for a bit of needle to be able to say well if you just defended those last couple of minutes a little bit better who knows what could have happened and I, and I like a little bit of that so <laughs> David you're going to get the gold so essentially the position we're in here so I can't lose now can I is one of you can win and one of you can draw but Jay, you're going to get the opportunity here. Uh, in fact, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the floor because okay. you can't take you can't take the win here. I'm going to give you the floor because I'm undecided here. So tell me why the uh, 2011 Rooney overhead kick derby more meaningful of the points than David's essentially the the beginning of what was to come for Manchester City and an incredibly iconic one-off FA Cup semi-final. I mean, yeah, you know, being United for City in a derby in a semi-final of the FA Cup is big, but, you know, it's the semi-final. It's not iconic. Most most non-football fans won't even remember the goal. They won't even tell you who scored. You say to a not, uh, not non-football fan, sorry, non-United or City fans, you ask them who scored the winning goal in the FA Cup semi-final, or you tell us what that goal was, they won't remember. Everyone remembers Rudy's overhead kick. It's truly iconic. Everyone remembers his celebration. And this was a, a goal that mattered in terms of of winning us that title and stopping City getting involved. And we've seen it. City City would have been, what, two points behind us and we'd had a game in hand. They've made up bigger distance than that the following season. So there's nothing to say that they wouldn't have gone on and kicked on and won the title that season. Where does that leave United to sort of to lose the title to City in such a manner at that time as well? So I think in terms of the emotion, the iconicness of it, you don't get much bigger than that. A, a big game, a game where you need your big players to step up. Rooney, you've been under a load of pressure. United's greatest ever goal scorer. He's in a, having a bad spell. People are scratching their head. Why have you picked him over Berbatov? And he steps up and scores one of the all-time Premier League iconic goals to give United three points and help us to win 
title number 19. Come on, it doesn't get much bigger than that. Yes, City won a semi-final, went on to win the FA Cup. But let's not forget as well, you know, you can argue that that started the, the, the era of dominance, but they were already well on the way, weren't they? The players did sign. They were going to do it no matter what. No one could really stop them. And they went on to much bigger and better things. So, yes, the semi-final win is, is great, but it doesn't compare to the way that Wayne Rooney won that game for us and helped us win the title that year. Right then. <laughs> so, the the silver choice is going can I, to... Can I, can I not respond to that? Just to, <laughs> just to, just to, Dave, just to throw think... a little bit of, sp- of a spanner in the works? <laughs> right, you've got... And I'm putting you on a timer here because I did say <laughs> JF4. You've got 20 seconds, go. Uh, it was. I'm not going to lie. It was a world class goal that that won that game. It was a, a fantastic goal from Rooney. Um, all I will say is it papered over the cracks of the problems at United, and it was the beginning of the end for them. If they, if United fans want to celebrate that, then all bit all power to them. <laughs> we won the title two years later. <laughs> right. My decision is, it's going to Jay. Oh, oh, Jay's got it. Come off it. A last minute equaliser. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who saw that coming, eh? You remember them, Jay? Uh, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The greatest shin and in the Premier League has ever seen uh, takes the silver, which means, guys, and I said it at the very top, and I thought, oh, you know, likelihood is we've got two. We've got City and United fan here, passionate. One of them's them's going to outdo the other. It's a draw. Which actually, you'll be, hearing, you'll be hearing from my solicitor. To be fair, yes. to be fair, right? When I sat down to do this, I had no misconceptions whatsoever that I had any chance of getting gold. Right? There was no <laughs> way I could convince anyone that any of the games I mentioned were more emphatic than a six-one win at the away ground. It was just I was on a, a hiding to nothing on that one. To be honest with you, so I'm quite happy with a draw. You've more than competed, Jay. And and guys, I suppose I'd just like to say. Thanks so much for taking me down a brilliant trip down memory lane because that was really good fun. And I think it's provided us a template for which we'll revisit. Uh, I could, I, honestly, I could yeah. quite happy, happily do this again and pick three different derbies. There's, there's been that many great derbies between the two, hasn't there? Yeah, there, so, have, there yeah. have. You know, like we said, you know, you missed out some games there. We alluded to, I've, I've missed out some games. And, and what's really sort of interesting about it is how many of these games have mattered. It says a lot as well that four of the six overall chosen fall in a very tight time period. And it does make you think back to what an incredible, you know, with one on the rise and, and, you know, let's just say for argument's sake, one just slightly coming off the top of the peak. It was an incredible time for football, the Premier League, and of course, the sport here in Manchester. But guys, we're going to have to call it uh, a day there. Thanks so much for your time, Um, David, Jay, it's been really, really good fun. And as I said, if you're if you're listening to this for the first time, if you're following uh, what the guys are doing elsewhere in their podcast and their coverage, feel free. If you like what you hear, uh, there's plenty more three sports rankers to get stuck into. There's two series worth. Um, you can find us on all the the podcast platforms: iTunes, uh, Spotify, Acast, all that stuff. Um, and guys, thank you so much. Happy lockdown. This <laughs> cross football comes back for all of our sakes, but I hope the last hour or so has at least allowed us to think back to, to what, what life was like before global pandemics ruined football for us. It's been great fun. Thank you. Yeah, I've enjoyed that. Thanks, lads. Cheers, guys. Thanks a lot. Uh, you've been listening to Three Sports Rankers. You can follow us uh, on Twitter and on Instagram as well. But for now, for this very special episode on Manchester Derbies, thanks for listening.